0: Father made him an offer he couldn't refuse. I doubt if there is any problem, social, political, or economic, that would not melt away before the fire of such a spiritual undertaking.
1: Oh, um, but it's called, yeah, it's called galaxy Quest, and like Tim Allen is in it. And anyways, it's actually probably, probably the best star Trek movie ever made, but it's not a star Trek, but it's not a star Trek movie.
0: How is it not a star Trek though?
1: Cause it's not star Trek. It's just not star Trek, but, but it, then it's, how, how it's is supposed it to be, it's supposed to be a parody of like star Trek and Trekkies and things like that uh-huh. it actually is like quite heartwarming and really funny and really good. Like it's mm-hmm. actually really good. Um, <clears throat> and it's, 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 it's Widely considered one of the best Star Trek movies,
0: even though it's not Star Trek. Correct. So it's a little bit like Spaceballs.
1: Uh If Spaceballs wasn't trash. <laughs> okay, wait. You call it a trash? Yeah, it's I absolutely kinda, trash. How is it trash? I kind of liked it a little bit. It's oh, it's funny. St- sure, it's funny. It's funny. Stupid, it's funny. But, it's, but it's not very. It's not very smart.
0: Yeah, you can have to te- tease this one out just a little bit more. Like, no,
1: no, no. I'm yeah. saying like, <clears throat> so like, <clears throat> Galaxy Quest it's really, really smart insofar as the commentaries it makes about like Trekkies and the cult following and things like that. And then also spoofing the thing itself, you know, like the, 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 like what it comes from, Mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's actors who, who play or like they're 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 like people who are actors who play characters that do like that play Star Trekish characters on T V and then that T V show got picked up by this alien species. The alien species mistook them for being actual heroes, space heroes. And then like <laughs> kidnapped they them like kidnaps them and tries to get them to help save their species from annihilation from this evil species. Anyways, it's really funny and it's, it's quite, it's quite, I think it's quite smart and the humor, it's great. The story, the story is great. The storytelling is great. The acting's hilarious. Uh, But, uh, but Spaceballs on the other hand, is just like, I don't know. It's just like, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just, it takes, it takes the easy way out for a lot of jokes. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, Humor. I mean, it's funny. I will say it's properly funny. Like when he when he when he says, uh, the one guy says, like, how many, you know, A-holes are in here? And like everyone goes, oh, like the entire <laughs> bit, like gold, comedy gold, comedy gold. Uh-huh. He's like, I knew it, I'm surrounded by, it. you know, like comedy gold. Great. Totally great. Hilarious. Or like Pizza the Hut. And it was like yeah. breaking news, Pizza the Hut caught in like trapped in limousine, eats himself to death. <laughs> like hilarious. Absolutely yeah. hilarious nonetheless overall not a very not a very like smart you know movie It's just kind of like it's like a bad it's like a if it's like if weird al didn't make good parodies
0: oh so it's kind of tacky
1: i think so i think so Interesting. but also i mean also the, the gross stuff yeah there's like gross stuff in it oh like, yeah
0: that's true it has it's been a long time since i've seen that one yeah. <laughs> just remember like weird, oh, oh my gosh like, like, midget okay, hiller um,
1: combing the desert okay that's really good that's really good that was a good joke combing the desert. He's like, comb the desert for, they're looking for people. He's like, comb the desert. And then there's like some j- people like literally j- taking combs like through the desert, like giant mm-hmm. combs.
0: <laughs> uh, it's, a bit. it's a little bit like, um, it feels like it it's a little bit like the humor in airplane where it's like one dad joke after another dad joke after another dad joke with like just the crushing weight of dad jokes just is like i think you're right it just it's like you're like you're like haha that's funny and then by the end you're more laughing at the fact that they're still making the jokes and you're like i I can't believe they're they're still making dad jokes they're just like well what should we do more just more dad jokes like more more dad jokes it's just like one after the other where it's like it's constantly taking everyone (laughs) literally like every single time And you're like please just stop (laughs) At the end of it um there's some cool interesting parts yeah there is some one part that was really funny when he like steps through the mirror or something Mm -hmm. when the pilot does um that was kind of funny i was like that's that's really clever um, but yeah it's just like it's just like kind of like almost like the base repetition of it like you have to find it funny by the end <laughs> you're like all right i just i gotta i have no option but to laugh at this point it kind of holds you hostage i don't know that's just smart. no i
1: i mean i i, I don't think it's terrible I mean, I mean i don't think it's awful but i mean mm-hmm. if you're if you're putting that movie space falls and uh, you're putting Galaxy Quest side by side. If you haven't seen Galaxy Quest, you should watch it. Like if if you're remotely nerd out in any kind of way, um, it just it's again I think it's I think it, it it makes a smart commentary and it's really fun and it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, there's there's certain things like because I watch I love I'm a movie junkie hardcore hard, hardcore mm-hmm. like I I absolutely without a doubt see movies by myself like hundred mm-hmm. percent and I love it. Like, I see movies all like if, like, the the worst thing about COVID is, gosh, I should say that. Uh, but,
0: uh, <laughs> other than the whole, like, the, the whole, like, death and destruction, like, movies, like,
1: I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. You know,
0: yeah, what? I get to say <laughs> one of the things, one of the things that has, has been disappointing about COVID. I get you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's yeah, a better way to put it. It's a more charitable way. But, uh, but, uh, but, yeah. So, anyways, it, it's just, there's just, if you, if you're like remotely nerdy or remotely like to geek out about that kind of stuff, it's just a really, Fun, fun film, and and generally above board. Like there's nothing terribly, like off about it. You know, when was uh, it made? Blah, 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 either two, like, but be- either between 1999 and 2004. I'm not sure.
0: Okay, so it's a little more recent. Yeah, yeah, it's a little more recent. What about this? That's My guess. I think mm-hmm. I'm not sure. For I'm not certain. Mm-hmm. What is it? Um, that one movie, scary movie like one or two or something i forget the ones where it's like most of it's just like a spoof off of horror movies Mm -hmm. like i haven't watched any i've just watched some clips of it like they know they spoof like eight mile at one point (laughs) um i know they spoof also like um tom cruise's really really weird interview he had i think with oprah yeah. <laughs> Where he's like just bouncing around on the chair and you're just like calm down and then it gets a little more crazy. But I don't know. The art of parody, I think, is something that's, I don't know. There's like a delicateness to parody that I don't think like really good parody like really good satire, like, it's not something that you can pull off. Just, you know, oh, you know, whatever. Oh, know. just yeah. yeah, I'll just all kind of do it like whatever it was. I mean, good parodies, it's not easy. A
1: good parody is hard to find.
0: Yeah, exactly. Kind of like a good man. Yeah, kind of like a, Kind of like Peter because he's yeah. Not, yeah. not here. Today. Well, where is
1: Peter? Oh my gosh, Peter! Where is Peter? <laughs> where is Peter? No, just,
0: we kept on talking and he wasn't here. No, um, no, he's going off doing some doing some things. He's got other other things to worry about and work on. Yeah, it's good. And then uh, we'll get Father Richard in here at some point, um, fairly soon. Uh, probably sometime after Easter, we'll do that. But for now, it's just like it's me and you, Mike, chilling out here, having a beer, having a conversation, and with you, dear listener, if you're. If you're listening. If you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening. you're listening, I am just off right <laughs> now. It's like, oh, it's those two schmucks. I wanna listen to them. Mm.
1: But yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, unless you're par- talking about parody, unless you're like super dry, like airplane, those kinds of movies,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you got to be a little clever, more clever about it. I think to make like a good, like, unless you're, unless you're going for like the, like the, the nihilist version and just, mm-hmm. just super dry humor and just like making like an absolute mockery of certain things then like which in and of itself can be smart if you go you gotta go the, like the galaxy quest direction which by the way i just googled it while we were talking and mm-hmm. it's 1999 i oh. rock i was <laughs> i was so i'm so good but uh yeah, yeah yeah it's 1999 but it's a good film you should watch it
0: really right, cool, cool cool yeah, yeah it,
1: you find cool. out there's things in like uh there's i don't know there's just things that you like growing up you just kind of enters enters your lexicon Mm -hmm. um and like there's these the characters at one point are like are like very grateful to the heroes and they like they like say like you have saved us like gasping for breath and so that that mannerism of talk i often slip in to like my general
0: emotiveness so so question are you a trekkie or a star warsian or whatever star wars people call themselves you mean a human um, <laughs> a human being has been taken over by cyborg the cyborg Disney. Um, another movie. It's fine. Uh, oh my God. I don't even know what the movie that was. <laughs> it's uh, uh, I
1: am. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate Star Trek. I appreciate it. I think it's cool. There's like, I mean, there's a lot of people that say like, you know, the storytelling, the blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm an, I'm an epic kind of guy. Like, Mm-hmm. like I, I love virgil you know i love you know homer i homer you know like i love ep- like the the epics the, like the, the 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 telling of an epic tale mm-hmm. is something that is like it's not it's not necessarily about a particular kind of nuance insofar as like character um mm-hmm. but it is it is just it tells a greater nuance um uh, like a, like, a gra- like of a gravity mm-hmm. um and and there's so there's 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 kind of like there's a novelistic kind of nature i think to to star trek that i i don't like as much as i do I see. like the great arming of the hero of like you know luke skywalker you know like you know training with yoda you know there's just there's just something about it that that's mm-hmm. just that is it's 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 more fantastical and mm-hmm. it's uh it's more inspiring i think
0: yeah it's character driven it's not like plot and place and gadget driven as yeah. much yeah, yeah that's true can i then recommend to you <laughs> online um uh, on air uh maybe michael if this is what you seek you should um i say this great hesitation uh watch an anime <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. I don't really know what your opinion is. What,
1: what do people call these days de- people who watch anime? What do they call them?
0: Weeaboos. Weeb, yeah, the weebs, the weebs, the weebs. Yeah. Um, no, uh, if it's if it's good, um, character development and character arcs that you that you so desire, um, you should you gotta watch Attack on Titan. Like, oh,
1: oh, I'm way ahead of you, I'm on the last season.
0: Oh no no no! Because I just finished the last. Oh no. Okay. No. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. No. I, I'm, I'm on the. I'm yeah. on the last season. You better don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait. So oh, where? Are, oh, are you on season four right now? Uh yeah 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 yeah. Which what, what just happened? Um, Actually, well yeah. Listeners, if you are watching Attack on Titan, which you, you should. Weebos. weeboos Yeah. Weebos. Um,
1: yeah. Um. Uh.
0: Maybe we should just not talk about. Yeah, I don't where want to spoil. It's okay, so okay. good. It's so yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, but the ca- talking about character arcs and character development. Oh, it's like, great. It's, my it's, gosh, it's yeah. so well done. It's so well done. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, once you finish it, we need to have a conversation about it because um, I'd love to. There's just I, I don't quite get completely the philosophy of it, um, but it's it's interesting because it's like almost nihilistic, mm-hmm. but drawing some sort of value it's a weird like almost like noble pagan sort of worldview mm-hmm. like you know like the charge in season three I'm not giving too much away. like one of the most like w- how he gets everyone to charge the one you know to, to charge with their horses which isn't giving too much away but like the philosophy of of soldiery that get that's just involved in that and just like when there's the montage of like all of their dead companions behind them saying like look we have to do this because we have to trust that the you know next generations are all going to give our deaths because it's almost a suicide you know bonzi charge mm-hmm. um they're going to give our lives meaning is just so it was just profound on so many different levels it was so good I was like it i was... couldn't i couldn't handle it i was like that's that's great but there's a uh, whole layer there's so many levels of different oh, philosophy absolutely. of just like outlook on life on what sacrifice means it's really fascinating
1: and again i think it's a really smart show too i think um and yeah oh my gosh. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of very moving parts. There's a lot of parts that are very yeah, like are are are, are I think actually they, they they're the, it's the kind of thing that makes you think about kind of philosophical concepts. That are actually just good to think about and of themselves, rather like you, 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 like by thinking about things that happen or take place in the show or between characters, you can then be transmuted to something that is completely at like separate from the show. And just yeah. thinking about this philosophical concept and like mm-hmm. things like that that like carry that 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 oomph, that weight. Mm-hmm. I just oh, I love, I love.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, let's just uh, real quick um, in season four. Have you gotten to the part of the grand big? Like battle,
1: <clears throat> um,
0: because you know it's 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 AOT. There's going to be a huge battle. I'm not even. Yeah. Giving... Yes, you have gotten to that.
1: I, no, no. Yes. Okay. I don't know. There might be more <laughs> battles. I don't
0: know. <laughs> All I, right. Well, let's just let's just was, leave it.
1: There was a there was a big ceremony, and that ceremony got wrecked.
0: Okay. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So you've gotten but like. What I really liked about that first half of that season was it really, all of a sudden the characters you had hated, like there had been some characters I had just hated their guts, like so profoundly. And within the first half of that season, I'm like, I absolutely see where that character was coming from for the entire show, the entire Mm -hmm. show. And I, I'm, I'm just sitting there going like, I understand him now. And that is that when you can, when you can all of a sudden flip the script and show the villains or the person or individual who w- was the villain and you can show the human side to them and kind of really like, and sincerely show both sides of the story, not just like in Thanos, Thanos in, in Avengers and video where it's kind of like, Oh yeah. You know, Malthusian, whatever economics I'm worried about the world ending. And it's like, Oh yeah but you still suck, right yeah. but like with this, like you really are just like, my gosh, yeah, what a sucky situation for that character to have been in, and I now understand why he did everything he did, like everything, not just yeah. some of it, it, all of it
1: did you ever did you ever watch Daredevil on no, I didn't okay so it's I don't I, I mean I don't have Netflix anymore. I got rid of my Netflix, but uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it was on Netflix I, I, I yeah, it was on Netflix for a while and the, and Daredevil had a great Great run for
0: uh, the
1: villain. Uh, oh, Kingpin. Kingpin. Mm-hmm. You ever seen Men in Black?
0: A uh, little bit. Little the bit, first little one. <laughs>
1: the yeah. guy who plays the the skin suit of the villain. <laughs> I totally am not.
0: I don't know oh, okay. that well.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think of what he's in. I think he might be in. He might be in Law and Order. Um, but uh, anyways, so the 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 villain. This guy plays this super villain named Kingpin. Um, mm-hmm. But they do. They they dedicate episodes episodes of his own character development mm-hmm. of like his storytelling, and they do such a good job that that like they're they, it, it adds. Have this great weight to like the conflicts between the hero and the villain, because mm-hmm. the, the villain is a little bit more simple. You're a little bit more sympathetic to the villain. You're a little yeah. bit more understanding of their motivations. It's not just like, I'm a bad dude. It's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, let me twirl
0: my mustache as I decide world domination. But yeah. why man? Yeah.
1: yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then, and you actually get to form, you get to form a reasonable, Dislike for the villain, like like uh, di- uh, you get to you get to like dislike the villain for being a villain for good mm-hmm. reason.
0: Yeah,
1: and even though you know he's kind of sympathetic, you know, so like there, that is just awesome,
0: awesome, yeah. like really good. Yeah, that There's is no- the that is the mark of very good storytelling when you can look at the villain. And maybe not even completely take their side, but have sympathy
1: mm-hmm. for
0: them and like really understand where they're coming from. That is the mark of really profoundly good, uh, well-developed nuanced storytelling that it so many times is just missing from so many different stories. Or just like, oh, the bad guy's bad because why? Because he's bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, like that's I,
1: you can kind of relate it to uh, Dostoevsky in like Crown punishment or something like that. Yes. So yep. he's, like I mean, like I remember I remember reading that in college and like, I'm reading it, and I get to the point where he's, like, hiding in a closet from the cops because he just did a thing with an axe. And in my, like, as I was reading it, like, I literally, I was literally getting, like, anxious for him. I was like, don't get caught, don't get caught. Mm-hmm. And this guy just it murdered just somebody. Like, yeah. Yeah, what's like, going on here? <laughs> like, it was just, the, it was just really fascinating storytelling. Where I, I was, And I, I, had to, I had to, like, catch myself being like, no, 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 bad guy. He's a bad, he's bad. Not good. Yeah
0: that yeah, yeah. guy.
1: it was like i was concerned for him you know and that, mm-hmm. that was that was like that's an impressive way to to tell a tale
0: it's true same thing with um narcos it's an awful tv show don't watch that <laughs> show <laughs> like dr <laughs> Stanford, don't watch that show um but <laughs> it's about pablo escobar and like oh, there's yeah. so many times you just absolutely hate pablo escobar you think he's just the most vile evil worthless pe- person on the face of the earth mm-hmm. and then they show him in relationship with his family and you're just like man i kind of feel for this guy in the back of your head you're like don't feel you saw him murder how many fathers of how many families and now he's worried about his own family's safety Mm -hmm. and but you're there's that there's that tug because you see the two sides of the guy and you're just like i i still think he's an evil sob but Mm -hmm. like i just it's just it's those are just when you see that you're just like this is good storytelling you know there may be other obviously other moral issues uh with different shows of that nature but um there's still like, there's still something to being able to like really see the other side. And I think in many ways, like to take it in a larger cultural way, like that's just seems like what's so lacking in our culture right now is just being able to see the other side and understand, and maybe not agree with the other side. Like this is either like political, social, cultural, but at least have, you know, basic human to human dialogue, Mm-hmm. Not necessarily agreeing with everything on the other side, but you know, still having that respect as another fellow yeah. human being. And I think a lot of that. I think we did an episode on that a while back. We talked about you know, uh, manichean literature strikes back. Um, <laughs> but it was like, it's like, yeah, it's like when you have Manichaean literature, it just like where it's just you know, very straightforward black and white. Mm. You just are not. You just it hurts your way of understanding and contextualizing the world around you. And it's, it's, I think it's just really important to get some of those things down, right. That like, yeah, we see, doesn't, again doesn't mean you necessarily agree with the other side um, or even come to like, you know, an agreement with them. Um, but I still think it's just so important to be able to like enter into another person's mindset and mind frame without actually, you know, fully, embracing their viewpoint to be able to enter in and to to give it its fair shake to understand in a better more profound way where it's coming from but that's just that's kind of my 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 shtick right now there's
1: my 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 old boss his father was in politics (laughs) for many years Mm -hmm. and uh uh and there's this great story that he like you know recounted to me once um my boss not not his father but uh he was basically there's one of his political adversaries was this um, very feministic, uh, was this, uh, lesbian woman, uh, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and my, my boss's father was m- very traditional, mm-hmm. very conservative. He's a, a, uh, he's a convert to Protestantism from Judea, Judaism. And, oh, wow. uh, um, and, uh, he was, he was more of a, I think, I think if I remember correctly, he was more of a mm-hmm. cultural Jew. And then he converted to Protestantism and became just this really hardcore devout Christian, um, but anyways this 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 woman is like political adversary like they mm-hmm. talk crap all the time like fuck you you're in the, like all she was once asked if you were and this was just completely separate of them speaking like nowhere near not relevant whatsoever she was asked by a reporter hey if you were on a desert island and you were stuck there with one other person who would you want to be stuck there with hmm. and she named my boss's my my old boss's father and and the person was like what? Why would you? <laughs> why in the world? What the heck is wrong? Why would you hate? Like why would
0: you? Everything no- is ideologically yeah against each other.
1: And you know what our response was? We'd have really good conversations.
0: Yeah, that's the mark of a really intellectually honest person is when they're just willing to sit down and you know have a conversation with the other. And person. that
1: doesn't exist anymore.
0: It's very, it's very few and far between. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot right, of me being, mm, being hyperbolic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, no but exists. I mean, really, I mean, really, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, you think of like, um, uh, Alito, right, Alito. and his friendship with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they or Scalia. Both, or Scalia Scalia, did I say Antonio? I don't, know. I, I was messing with that. Yeah, the chief justice that uh, Gorsuch replaced. Um, yeah. I mean, like, when they, I think they went on hunting together or they did something they did something where they chill out together and they were really good friends even though they're like complete ideological opponents and i'm sure that like the times they voted together on a supreme court decision like i could put that number up on like one hand and then have some fingers chopped off right like i mean but like again it's like it wasn't necessarily so much that either one was going to bring the other one about per se Mm-hmm. but it was still having that respect and that understanding of the human dignity and the human worth of the other person that just sometimes feels so lacking, just not just in, um, not just in like politics, but just in like online discourse in general. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just so much name calling and just making fun like even, um, Matt Fred, I don't know if you saw this. He had, um, no. he came out with, um, uh, it was about the Cardi B performance of Megan, the stallion um, mm-hmm. at the, at the Oscars now if it, or not Oscars, uh, Grammys. Um, so if it's like Dr. Sanford's like, he joking says, don't watch that movie. Be like, no <laughs> grabs you by the shirt. Like, no, absolutely. Don't watch that TV show for whatever, <laughs> like just don't. And so um, Matt Fred had a really great take on it. He, he wasn't mocking Cardi B. Uh, he wasn't um, denigrating her. He just, he just said that he felt profoundly sad for, for both of them. Just like their, the disrespect they were showing to themselves just and doing this kind of thing. Right. Um, and he got, he got a decent amount of flack for it. Right. He even like created a decade of the rosary um, for them uh, on, li- on live. And it was just, it was, it was cool. Right. It was good. It was like, man, Matt Fred's a Matt Fred's a mensch. Um, but then there's just some people saying like, you should, you know, stop calling yourselves pints with Aquinas because Aquinas would want them burnt at the stake or something. You're like, oh, guys, come on, this doesn't. Oh, that's who he's getting flack from. Yeah, like from like the, from the right side, like the further wow. off the right, and it's just like guys, like you realize, like that's not helping our case. Period. Right. So yeah,
1: and that and, um, and that I think is a big deal because like something I always like to talk about, always like to talk about is like just depth. It's just how... like like just aim like it's I mean, you know, in, in a certain sense, you can joke and say it's really easy to be a saint. Like God told us how to do it; you just just don't sin. Like that's be- all you do. He
0: became man to show us how to do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like literally, he said, like, "You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's that easy. Just don't sin and make sure you you repent and things like that." You
0: know? Like, like like Father like Father Catani said in the the latest episode, which you should all listen to, which is because it was great. It's like it was awesome. the whole the whole law, right? That they read at yeah. some point in the early. It's like just you know, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, and strength, and your neighbor is yourself that's the whole law that's how you become a saint
1: exactly exactly we have like we have it's a it's we have the bullet points we have the outline like we just gotta write the dang paper you know and like
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's a really good analogy for the spiritual life (laughs) we we know the thesis we know the sources we know all of it we just have to sit down turn off our cell phone and actually write the damn thing (laughs) not damn celestial yeah Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) like it, it just but it's just kind of I always, you know, I, I just think, and I, I try very hard for myself, and and I always appreciate when I find it in stories. I, I'm because I love stories. I'm a talker. I talk like a mile a minute. I'm like an energetic, but like I, I you're quiet. Yeah, I know. Um, but like <laughs> I love stories, and I love good stories, and I love good storytellers, and and things like that. And there's just something about like the shallowness. It's just it just it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts because like if you have just just a, just a, just a just like a hint of depth a hint of death, but they have two people with diametrically opposed views. They just have a little bit of depth in their, mm-hmm. in their, in their philosophy and their understanding and their personality or they're just, they're intelligent, whatever, anything like there's like they're if they're capable of putting away selfish, like it's all about me all the time. And that includes people who are far on the right. Obviously people mm-hmm. who are talking to Matt Fred about that garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they just have a little bit of depth. You know, you can have real charity, mm-hmm. real charity, or really, really fruitful conversations. And even yeah. if no one's convinced by the end of the conversation, you still benefit from that. Like, I mean, yeah. like, well, heresy heresy perfects the church. And like, a really beautiful conversation with somebody who has diametrically opposed views to you, but has, like, just a little bit of depth to it. Like that could really like help to perfect you and your spiritual life because, mm-hmm. I mean that's the goal. Like get yourself to heaven and then think about other people.
0: Yeah. No. And I think also charity is funny because one of the things that I think can be most damaging to Catholics and especially you people who are more of a traditionalist bent, right? Like yeah. love. Like I consider myself around you know in that in that sphere, but like yep, I'm with you. you know, like, but part of like. The, the double-sided sword that comes along with being in this more traditionalist camp is this triumphalistic nature about Mm -hmm. stuff that really just, I think can be a turnoff. It doesn't help people. It doesn't help people come to a fuller realization of the truth or of the Catholic faith, or even of like a more traditional liturgy, right? Whether that be um, the Byzantine liturgy, which I swear we will eventually do for lessons of liturgical literacy. (laughs) We'll get it done. We'll do it. Don't worry. It'll, (laughs) it'll happen. It'll happen. God willing, it'll happen. Um, Or, but just even like, in when discussing the faith and, it's not to put relativism like as any sort of virtue, mm-hmm. right? But I think sometimes charity demands you stow your morality, not in a sense of forgetting about it, I guess, or not in a sense of like saying it doesn't matter, but stowing it just in a little bit of a one-upmanship sense of like knowing you have the truth. Like, yeah, we, we, we know that like we're Catholic, we're believing the truth of face. Like, that's fine. That's good. But like just stowing that and that whole, like not so much the truth of it, but like, how do I want to describe this? Like the impulse to, to, to promote it and to enforce it and to be like, no, look, let me, let me, let me smash you with the, you know, you know, the 10 pound, you know, hammer of orthodoxy here, kind of Mm -hmm. thing and just be like, let me see a little bit more where you are coming from and have you know, a little bit more of a humility to listen and see how you within your own framework are, you know, might be engaging with the truth, might be engaging with the truths of the Catholic faith and in other ways you might not. Um, And I really think that's an important thing, especially when you have to listen to people who, you know, there are so many steps removed from your position that like the first step that you kind of have to make the first step towards them, Um, and be open to allowing them to not like, tell, tell me your truth kind of thing, but like in a, in a, in a more like realistic way of like, listen, where, where have they, uh, like, what has led them to come to the position, um, that they're at now and like really hearing it out and not coming in too quickly with, well, let me tell you how it really is, buddy. Um, but just to really like engage with their intellect, engage with their experiences, engage with, the identity that's formed throughout their life around these different truths that they hold um, or lack thereof, and just really try to understand them as a person and them as an individual before you start moving in this other direction of of bringing them around. And I th- really think that's such an important lesson that, you know, especially a lot of Catholics need to, to rem- more, again, more of the traditional spent that like, you know, you don't you can't always yeah you can't just come in with a big sledgehammer and be like let me just tell you how it is right like that's just that's not it's not it's not fruitful it's not even i don't think it's even really good for you as an individual i'm saying this in an abstract sense like it's not you know that's it feels like that's a little bit like the first movements of spiritual pride right again this isn't to be relativistic about no i know i I know know, really not to be relativistic but just i know. You know you know what I'm saying? How I'm kind of putting I this. Like, I'm not, I am not want to mean, sound like I'm, I'm coming know. off as just like everything's like whatever. No, but, yeah. I will
1: push back. I will push back on the, st- okay. the term stowing away your morals. I don't think it's that because you don't need to stow away morals to have a conversation with somebody. Again, like, mm-hmm. in any sense, like I don't mm-hmm. think you need to stow away your morals at any point okay. with the process. But I do think that like, I mean, think about rhetoric, right? And like think about rhetoric in relationship to like to uh, um, uh, evangel- evangelization, you know, like it, it's important. You want, like you were saying, like, you gotta, like, like, uh, yes, tough love is still love, but like, there's a, there's a, there's a balance, there's a balance, like, like friendship is based off of like reciprocal goodwill, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, there's just, there's, I think that, like, I don't think it's necessarily stowing away your morals of any kind, but I think it's more of like being, being willing to have patience Mm -hmm. and being willing to know that you don't know. Mm Mm-hmm learn and better understand where the other person is so then you can better you know instead of coming back with a sledgehammer but come back with like a chisel you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that's what you that's like that in my in like in in my humble opinion like that's probably like the better strategy is like like aim aim to use the chisel if you can Mm -hmm. and it just it just takes more time it takes more patience and it takes more 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 charity which another word for charity is love like it's just um, but I agree I agree. It is. it is kind of I mean like cuz I'm a like I, I would consider myself a in the more traditional camp um
0: red tread and so, skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> there should be like a red tray skateboarding club. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Someone should start that. I had I had a longboard for a while. It's mm. kind of
1: cool. Yeah, it bamboo. It's pretty nice. It was a
0: gift that's all right (laughs) but i think one of the important things um one of the important things (laughs) it's freaking bamboo (laughs) um one of the important things i think though like when you mentioned about the chiseling is like but you have to like size up the block first yeah yeah right you really have to like give the block its due and really understand you know because like they say michelangelo could or whoever i don't know one of those italian guys um could just look at whatever one of those Italian like Renaissance it. guys. Um they could always just they could look at a block of marble and see the statue within it, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a gift of being able to see the block and seeing, you know, the the parameters and seeing, you know, what parts uh will work for, you know, chiseling and which parts are gonna be a little more difficult. Right. Um I do, yeah, I, I think I am going to move back a little bit from retracting morals. Um I think it's it's yeah, not not to say they're stowing, I think this is the term I used. I mean, I don't I don't freaking know what I say like don't five, I don't even know what I say 5 minutes ago. I know, you I know You said what would you say? I don't know. I don't know. don't ask me. <laughs> like ask the ones and zeros that are recording this. Um <laughs> <laughs> but the matrix. Yeah, exactly, the matrix. Um but you know, I I think that's that's a really good way of looking at it. like you've got to like you've got to realize that like first of all, most conversations on the internet are worthless. Um, they're not really going to go anywhere. And then second of all, it's like really like exper- trying to understand the other person's experiences as to why they got to that um, position. It's just, yeah. I think so important to realize where and how the chiseling is actually, is actually going to work.
1: Yeah. And it can be for its own sake, just to, you know, know to learn, like, to know someone better. Right. And mm-hmm. cause I mean, the more, you know, somebody, the more you can love them. Right. But then also, it doesn't have to be for no. It doesn't have to be in, in like like for no sake at all. It could also be for the sake of like, well, the more I know this person, the more I can love them, and and the more I'm capable of bringing them to the truth. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. But no, you started talking about you started talking about Italian. Italian, that's a segue, man. That's it's like a that's segue. Door. That's I did the door.
0: it. <laughs> there we go. Boom. Uh, boom a Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got this, I've got a little bit of this like pet peeve with American media and also word because we were talking about media and storytelling. I've got just such a pet peeve about the way, um, english tv works right and and movie and hollywood and cinema when it comes to the middle ages like everyone is like you're medievalist and they'll be like oh have you seen this and it's like some random show like vikings or something like have you seen this like have you seen that have you seen game of thrones have you seen like that and it's just like oh my gosh i do italian history and i think it's so much more interesting than like freaking vikings okay <laughs> like, who cares about those dudes right like nobody cares um and so like the funny thing is about it, it's like there is like an amazing story that's sitting out there in the open of history that would make such an amazing TV show. And you could either call it like Hohenstaufen's or you could call it like Sicily or something like that. And you could just, it would be so cool because there's so many different characters there's so many different factions there's so many different aspects and angles and philosophies and characters that are all fighting you know for for control of of southern italy and and sicily and like it starts with like actually kind of starts with the vikings because right the vikings start out they're in like stupid vikings i just hate vikings um it's not that i hate vikings it's just like like, vikings it's like the stupid dudes wearing like the 19th century made helga hats Those guys like, like, but anyway, so what happens like in roughly like the 900s or so? is the normans or what they're called uh the norsemen it gets kind of frenchized into normans um they're so busy plundering northern france that the king of france just kind of gives up this is post charlemagne he just gives up and is like hey guys you could just take this whole spot of land like i I just don't want it anymore and i don't want to deal with it anymore it's called normandy right so that's like obviously you know like world war ii battle of normandy charging you know um, d-day stuff like that right so that's normandy right And so, of course, the Normans are just these incredibly restless people and they get, you know, they get excited and they want to go do something, right? Because they got to, you know, norsemen has got to go pillage. And so, um, a group of them go sailing and they make the right decision. They go sailing to the south into the Mediterranean and they conquer and they start up these little duchies in Calabria and like the toe of Italy, so they start up these little like duchies and and dukedoms in, in southern Italy, and it's it's good, right? It starts out, and then they eventually end up conquering um, Sicily. This is around the 1100s. They conquer Sicily from uh, the Muslims because the Muslims control parts of of sicily and southern italy at that time right
1: Tom, um for, for for just for your to, to you know uh, i do have like my, my my story does include that that history so
0: yeah bring it in bring it in.
1: no no not right now not right now but i let's
0: do sure, let's do it but then what's funny also is that like these other normans they go and they conquer this other island that really nobody at the time cared about um, it was totally unimportant. It was like the Battle of Hastings or something. and it just didn't none of it <laughs> mattered, right? Because Sicily, like, dude, like this is the thing that gets me as like a medievalist, is like when people freak out about England, um, and it feels like they're projecting a little bit of like eighteenth and nineteenth century importance upon medieval England hmm. because like eighteenth and nineteenth century England is a big deal, right? they' They've conquered so much of the world. they've you know, they have an empire where the sun never sets. Like dude. England is a backwater in the Middle Ages. It is a complete backwater. Even the Norman kings want to spend more of their time in France than they do on the actual darn island. Um, but Sicily, on the other hand, Sicily is like like trading port par excellence, right? Because you have goods coming in from Egypt, from the Levant, and from there you have stuff coming in from 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 India, you have stuff coming in from France, you have stuff from Spain, from Italy, from Northern Africa. It's like the place to be in the Middle Ages. It's like a perfect location for trade, for cultural exchange. Just like it's such an interesting place because there's just like there's Greeks there, there's Latins there, there's Muslims there, there's Jews there, there's Normans there. There's like everyone's there. It's this really fascinating. Like just everyone, like it's just this center of trade and of just so many different things are happening at sicily right because it's in the middle of the mediterranean so the norman kings end up ruling sicily uh for about like they conquer around ten ninety something and then they end up um and then they end up their golden age is the 12th century and so what happens is the Normans end up getting really involved with the Holy Roman Empire. The Holy Roman Empire is, is up, it's up in Germany. And there's this really weird connection between Southern Italy and Germany. You wouldn't really think about it because those are two like very diametrically opposed areas. But they the Kingdom of Sicily and Southern Italy ends up becoming a papal fief because after the Normans have conquered everything, the Pope is like, okay, I'll give you this land. And so technically, 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 the Normans are holding it as a papal fife, but they don't really care. Because the reason the Norman, I think it was like Robert Giscard or someone, they're all named Robert or Roger. The reason he got the king was because he defeated a papal army in a battle. And then like for the Pope to like get his ransom. He's like, okay, I'll make you the King of this area. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's one way of doing diplomacy with the Holy See. Um, but you were about to say something about that. No,
1: no, no, no. It's good. This is all awesome. This is, yeah. Cause, <clears throat> cause like, you know, when William the conqueror went down, I mean, cause like he was excommunicated a billion times and a big part of, I think if my history, my history is probably wrong, but my, you know, fan- you know, fantastified, uh idea of history is that William the Conqueror went down uh, to Sicily because he was trying to like do something nice for the, the pope.
0: No, was like, it it was Robert Kieckart. It, it, it oh, William, the Con- William the Conqueror was England. Oh okay. Okay. He got the he got the short end of the stick. Oh, okay. Okay. Got very cold. Getting the wrong getting the wrong island. Exactly. Got a very cold, wet um England that uh, island that would eventually become Protestant anyway. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> so, and he didn't have to deal with mafiosis though. Um, <laughs> so um anyway so what happens is like so the normans conquer sicily and they're in charge of sicily through most of the 12th century and like this is like the golden age of sicily like it's prosperous it's they've got a lot of great trade there's just in many ways like there's a lot of like like muslims jews and christians are all living in like a fair amount of peace like they're not Mm -hmm. running around killing each other um and so it's a good setup and then what happens is the Norman kings they decide or they don't decide they accidentally don't have any sons, um, so they run into they run into an issue there with well, succession. I hate when that happens. I know I hate when that happens. <laughs> so, um, and so what happens is um, Frederick Barbarossa was a really interesting guy in his own in his own right, right? Frederick Barbarossa, like Redbeard. His son Henry the Sixth, um, in like about like. 1090 1195 or so gets married to the heiress of sicily in southern italy which aren't anything her name is like constans or something or constantius because Constan- constantia whatever it's like the female version of constantine mm-hmm. and so um she gets married to him and he tries to take over southern italy right the only issue is that he's kind of a dick about it like he's just like, nobody really likes him. Cause he's like harsh German guy. And the papacy is mad at him because the papacy is always worried that the Holy Roman empire, which is in like Northern Italy and all of Germany will re- like unite with Southern Italy. And so the papal States are like right in the middle. So that's like the death knell of like the papal States and like the, the territorial ideals of the papacy is like to combine those two under one ruler. Um, But they're like, that's like the death wish that they can't, they cannot let that happen. But it happens with with Henry VI. Um, But he's such a jerk to everyone that even his wife, like, leads an assassination attempt against him. (laughs) So he ends up, like, jailing his wife, who, like, gives birth to their son, Frederick II. Um, And then he, like, dies of dysentery in, like, 1195 or something, 1196. So he's like... I know. I hate when that happens. And this is like, like, so the Holy Roman empire goes to pieces and everyone starts arguing over who's going to be the next Holy Roman emperor. Stuff like that. Um, Frederick II is like two or three and he's technically the heir of, of Southern Italy and France and Southern Italy and, and, and Sicily. And so Innocent the Third, who's the Pope at that time, he was like from like 1198 to like 1216 or something. Um, Innocent the second, second third is like, holy crap, this is a great opportunity. So he essentially gives protection to Frederick the Second and tries to essentially bring Frederick II Second more into the papal camp. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly, well, not oddly enough, but tragically enough, then Frederick the Second's mom dies when he's like five. So he's like essentially an orphan. And so he's raised in Palermo. His uncle, like Philip of Swabia is duking it out with like the papal contender for the Holy Roman empire up in, in the North. And so things are going like pretty poorly, right? There's a region in Southern, in Italy and Southern in Sicily and stuff like that. But like everyone's running around killing each other in it. And in like Germany, Sicily is like hanging in there. And then finally Frederick II does what like everyone does and he grows up. And so, that's when he try. He end, eventually ends up taking over uh, Germany as the Holy Roman Emperor. He marches up there. He gets everyone to swear allegiance to him. Um, but he like really never gets along with the papacy for like a whole host of reasons. To mm. the point where he goes on a crusade and he actually um, he actually recaptures um, Jerusalem. Only the second crusader to ever take Jerusalem, um, but he does it as he's excommunicated because he's taken too long to go on his crusade. And so the papacy excommunicates him. And so like, as he's taking Jerusalem, the papacy is attacking his Sicilian lands. And so after he gets done like fight or not fighting, he makes a truce with the Muslims to get Jerusalem. He has to sail all the way back to Sicily and Southern France and go fight papal armies and then make his make, make good with Gregory the ninth. So he's always got this really bad relationship with, um, with the papacy for a whole host of reasons. Um, he eventually ends up dying in 1250 after he's not able to subdue the Northern Italian city States. Um, there's a lot of wars. Uh, he's it's kind of like whack-a-mole with Northern Italian cities. Cause they're always rebelling. They're all independent. And like, once you think you've put one down another one rebels against you. And so like the cru- not crushing, but very bad defeat for him was Parma in like 1250. 12- 48 um when he builds another city next to parma called victoria and he's like i am so sick of these guys you know what i'm going to do to these these damn lombards i am going to burn the city i'm going to destroy it i'm going to sow salt in its in its streets and i'm going to set up this new city victoria and that's going to be it because i'm not dealing with this bull crap anymore and then like one day he's off hunting because he really likes hawking and the, all the people who are in Parma are like, holy crap, he's gone, and they all rush out and they destroy the city, this other city, Victoria, and they burn it to the ground. And I think there's an apocalyptic element to that, but whatever. Anyway, so he dies in 1250, and so the papacy's is like, whoa, that was close. The only issue is that like Frederick II has left off like several legitimate heirs and like several illegitimate heirs. And so one of his heirs, Conrad the Fourth, is supposed to take over southern Italy. This is like after twelve fifty. He's supposed to take over southern Italy. And he does for a little bit. Um, he rules it for about four years from like twelve or from like twelve fifty 1250 to twelve fifty-four. And then he inconveniently dies. Um And just inconveniently inconveniently again, he dies when he's like 27 or 28 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's left an infant son, Conrad the fifth, who's called Conradian, which is like the diminutive, like little Conrad, Mm -hmm. little Conrad is hanging out in, in, (laughs) in like in Bavaria. Yeah. Conradian, Conradian with his mom. I forgot her. His name His mom was, is hanging out in, um, is hanging out in Bavaria. Meanwhile, the papacy is like, Oh cool. Let's take over Southern Italy again, except Frederick II has an illegitimate son named Manfred. Manfred is this really charming, gregarious dude, and Manfred takes over Southern Italy and Sicily and says, "Yeah, I know technically my like n- like step nephew Conradian is the legitimate heir of this area, but like he's like four, so nobody cares. I'm taking over this right now. So he takes over Southern Italy and Sicily, he takes over that kingdom, and he's kind of this lax, not laxadaisical, but this very like." Whimsical, like likes to hunt, likes to party, likes to fight, kind of guy. And so he does really well for a while. He gets everyone in Northern Italy to submit to him, and the Papacy is just like absolutely losing their mind because now again they've got a deal with another like damn ho and stuff, and taking over like all of Italy. And so they start going around, and they're just like, okay, hey, what can we do here? What can we do here? We need some help. We need some help. We need some help. So they go to the English, and they're like, hey, England you guys want Southern Italy. We'll give it to you. Like, we'll let you, we'll name you guys the rightful successors. And the English are like we have no way, no ways do we have enough money to, to, to like do this or set up an army to do this. We can't do this. They go, then the papacy goes to, to the, um, to the French because the Pope at that time is a Frenchman. And they're like, Hey, you guys want a kingdom? We're selling kingdoms here. <laughs> Louis the Ninth, who's already king of France and who's already is going to be a saint eventually, under very interesting circumstances, um, he ends up saying like, "No, I think Conradian's actually supposed to be that. I don't think this is right." His younger brother Charles of Anjou, who doesn't have a kingdom, is like, "Yeah, but I don't care." And so Louis the Ninth, who's always a very saintly guy in many respects, actually also knows how to play politics at some time, and he's like, "Yeah, whatever, screw Conradian." Charles of Anjou, yeah, go take it. So, Charles of Anjou gathers money, he gra- gathers troops, and he marches down from France through Italy, changes and flips Northern Italy from pro-Manfred to pro-him and pro-papal, and goes into the goes into Rome. He's crowned, like... He's not crowned. He's named Senator of Rome, which is essentially, like, honorary dignity leader of Rome. And so then, all of a sudden, the papacy's like, oh, I don't know if we like this either. Honorary like, doctorate. The, honorary doctorate guy, and thing. So... <laughs> Manfred doesn't really quite get the situation he's in. He's kind of like still out there, like screwing around in Southern Italy until he finally realizes, like, Oh my gosh, I got like a whole French army, like marching down the Italian peninsula I've got to fight with. So he gathers his army and in the battle of Benevento in 1266, he ends up losing and he dies in the middle of it. So now Charles of Anjou takes over. And so now Charles of Anjou is in charge of Sicily. He's in charge of Southern France. And he's pretty merciful to them, right? Because he's like, he wants to rule this area. He wants his own kingdom. Meanwhile, guess who's grown up? Conradian. <laughs> Conradian is in Bavaria and he's like, well, Manfred's dead and a usurper, Charles of Anjou, has taken over everything. So now, I, I, you know, I kind of want my kingdom back. That's a good idea. So he gathers up an army. He's like 14 or 15 at that time and marches down he actually also gets into rome and the same pope i think it's urban the six has to like go and hide um and he's like mad and doesn't really like and he's like cursing him or something as he's like sitting in his like like in his papal palace as like the whole like imperial like regalia is marching by he's like ah his lamb led to the slaughter or something like that um and so conradian marches down and in this pitched battle with charles Anjou, almost wins it almost wins it except Charles of Anjou with some of his main cavalry was hiding behind a hill and ends up smashing in to Conradian's line as they were actually pillaging the camp because they thought they had already won the battle, but he had one more division left and smashes into this heavy, heavy cavalry. Manfred is taken capture captive and he's beheaded in 1268. As so, one does, as one does, right? Like you couldn't have him coming back again. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you think that's over, right? Wrong. So now Charles Venge is like, I'm not having any more of this. I am so done with all of you guys. I am smashing Sicily and Southern Italy with an iron fist. I cannot take this anymore. So he starts like getting really harsh with everyone. Sicilians, they are not having any of that. So Liverpool. I forget. I fr- Exactly. I forget which year it is now. Manfred had a daughter. That daughter was woman married, married. Woman, <laughs> woman So whatever I think it was like, I think it was also Constancia. She gets married to Peter of Aragon. Now P- Aragon is in is in Spain. It's the like the Mediterranean side of Spain. and it was his own kingdom for a while. Mm-hmm. And so Peter of Aragon gets the idea of like, hmm, maybe I can use my wife's claim to this, uh, to this land to to take it over. Um, and I forget which date it is, it's like 1270s or so everyone is sick and tired of the French and on a certain day at Vespers, right in the evening, all the Sicilians rise up in Palermo and they kill every single French like guard soldier, noble general that they can find. And it's called this thing called the Sicilian Vespers. And so, who's waiting but peter of aragon to like move in and take over everything. And so Sicily then for most of the time until about the renaissance or a little bit after into like the 12th into the 1500s 1600s, Sicily ends up being a spanish um, a spanish dominion. So there's this really interesting quote. I know I've been like <laughs> rambling on forever. In the 15 <laughs> in the 1500s the french again have an idea of conquering Sicily. And uh, Stephen Runsman, was reading a lot of this from, said um, the lesson, this is like, don't mess with the Sicilians, was not entirely forgotten. More than three centuries later, Henry... King Henry IV of France. So this isn't a Roman remember boasted to the Spanish ambassador, the harm that he could do to the Spanish lands in Italy, were the King of Spain to try his patience so far. And so Henry IV of France, this is in like the 12, this is like in 1552 says, I will breakfast at Milan and I will dine in Rome. Then replied the Spanish ambassador, your majesty will doubtless be in Sicily in time for Vespers. So don't mess with them. <laughs> they'll they'll frigging knife you. <laughs> but like, sorry, I hope anyone's still listening after all that. But like, like there's so much storytelling that could be told. You, know, you have the French in it. You have the Germans in it. You have the Sicilians in it. You have the Normans in it. You have all these characters coming together and converging and coalescing you know, in the 13th century in, in Sicily. And it's such an interesting story. There's so many different characters, right? There's like the would-be boy King and Conradian. There's like Charles of Anjou, who is this very like steel faced, you know, very like harsh, but like somewhat holy soldier who's fighting for his own kingdom. You know, there's Frederick II who's an orphan and has to make his own wing world. There's like, there's so many good characters in that whole story of the past hundred years in Sicily that you could so do a story like you could so do a mini called like the Sicilian Vespers or like the Hohenstaffens or something. It would just, it would blow something like game of Thrones to pieces, right? It's so much more interesting than that. Like that's just my whole shit. Someone needs to do a story on that. But
1: it's also especially frustrating. Cause the, the, like the I mean the main, the main money maker the main cultural, anything, any, any familiarity with anything Italian is either like, is either purely pasta or pizza joints or mafiosos Yep. You know, like that's it. Like italy yep. doesn't yep. exist outside of those things. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh the, the 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 little popes little popes countries there too, I guess. Yeah, some yeah. people some people might remember that. Mamos, papam. <laughs> yeah, it is just it's just kind of it's just infuriating because it's like it's the only the only claim to fame, so to speak, you know. Um and then people don't people don't associate Rome with uh with Italy at all, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Uh, like Rome as in like the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's necessarily wrong because I mean, talking about medieval Rome is very medieval Italy is very different than True. Rome. Empire. but uh but it's just yeah it's just so frustrating because like you're going on about this like wealth of like stories and
0: adventures and, and just like characters like epic very, yeah, epic very interesting characters yeah they're just duking it out for their kingdoms and for their hereditary rights and and for like adventure seeking it's just it's so fascinating when you read these characters about these these different individuals and characters mm-hmm. but you went to sicily once didn't you
1: I did. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I did. I did. And I, I actually got to some of this, some of these stories I got to hear as like a tale passed down from a generation to a generation. Um, so it was great. I was, when I was in, when I was done in Rome, I went to a trip down to Sicily and there's actually a town in Southern Sicily called Mazzata del Vallo, which is Misera of the Valley. And it's my, I have to, my, my it, it, I share a name with it. And, uh, um and down, so down there, uh, I was I was there for a weekend and like a long weekend. It was a lot of fun. But on my way out, I stopped at this cafe to try to find like the bus, t- the train times or whatever the tra- like, yeah, what time like the train mm-hmm. was leaving. Mm-hmm. And I was at this cafe and I was trying to get the Wi Fi, and the guy could not, because t- Sicilians don't speak Italian, they yeah. speak Sicilian. Uh-huh. And, i certainly didn't speak sicilian i barely spoke italian yeah, and yeah. and uh and so eventually i'm just like begging i'm like in any any word or language or just just gesticulation like,
0: just like any I man was, like, just give
1: me the wi-fi password mother <laughs> of pearl oh my goodness <laughs> um and uh eventually this old gentleman came up behind me and put his arm around my shoulder oh, and i was no. immediately like whoa what the heck is going on what <laughs> old, old guy there? wants a hug yeah, remember. I was like, what the heck is happening? And in, in I a mean, very thick accent, but in perfect English, he says, he says to me, he says, uh, well, what do you need? And I was <laughs> like, oh, uh, I need the Wi-Fi wi- password. I'm trying to find the train times because I need to get a train back, to, back up to Palermo uh, to fly out home to Rome. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> talks to the guy for a second and gets the Wi-Fi password, hands it to me. I sit down and I start like typing it in on my phone and things. Mm-hmm. And then he comes over and he, with a Coke, and he puts a Coke down in front of me. And I look up to him. And also just so anyone knows, if you're an American in Europe and someone hands you a Coke without you asking for one, they're being racist to you um what how yeah i've never yep, heard yep, this one before yep coke coke is like the quintessential american thing so so basically oh most no europeans, most europeans are like oh yeah americans they, they they're either fat or olympians and they all drink
0: coke um, <laughs> and, you has been like diet coke come on
1: <laughs> yeah no it's all coke so he put a yeah anyway so he put a coke in front of me i was like all right it, you're lucky i love coke but anyways um coca-cola to be clear
0: he's <laughs> um, <laughs> just like yeah yeah hey man here's a bag coke <laughs> I, love, I love Coca-Cola,
1: but so so anyway so i i start talking to him and he's like hey where are you from we're chatting and then he asked me and he's like hey uh you ever uh you ever been you, you, you know you gotten a tour of matata davalo in your time here and i was like well i mean i've been here a couple of days and he's like well have you had a tour from a local and oh, every no. alarm bell in my head was like going like Bram, brram, brram, just going <laughs> off. Like I was like, this is a terrible idea. This is not safe. This is stupid. He's a stranger. You're a stranger in a strange land. What is going on? You're not Str- safe. You're alone. Stranger terrible danger.
0: Idea. Stranger danger.
1: Absolutely. All those bells were going off. And so what I so because all those bells were going off, what I said, I looked at him, I looked the square the eye, and very seriously, I said, No, I haven't. Would you like to give me one? He said, Yeah, sure. I was like, All right, cool. So I went around all of Matsada Davala with this guy. He's given me all this World War II history. And then uh, I'll get to the point about the oh, uh, mafia stuff. But he, he, he given me all this World War II history. And then at one point, which this happened twice in the same trip, where at one point he turns to me and he says, Yeah, hey, Michele, uh, are you religious? <laughs> and, and I looked at him and with a serious look. I reach into my pocket and I pull out my rosary. And I said, Absolutely. Oh, by the way, his name was Vito. Not a joke. I'm dead <laughs> <You're Vito. just laughs> My name is my name's Michael. So that's fucking hilarious. And if you don't know why that's hilarious, you stink. Uh, but uh but anyway, so he so, so I reach in my pocket and I pull out my rosary and he just like clasps his hands together and he's like, oh, you know, that's amazing, it's fantastic. So the tour went from being like World War II history to being Catholic history in oh, cool. southern southwestern Sicily. And eventually, uh, we got to a point where he starts talking about the historical significance of Masa- of the town, Mazzada di Vallo, because it's the most southwestern port town in all mm-hmm. of Sicily.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, you can almost see Africa. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, it's close. Yeah, you know? So. Yeah. So he was basically talking about uh, the, like, the Muslims coming in, and then he was talking about the Moors coming in and kicking the Muslims out. And actually, Mitzada di Vallo is quasi-famous in Sicily for being known as the, the town of 100 churches. There is more than 100 churches, all dedicated to different saints. Holy and crap. this guy, Vito, he described it beautifully. He was just like, he was like, yes, yes, yes. The saints, the saints. He says, Michele, we are the church militants. But when the Muslims come back and visit this place, they do not see us. They see the churches. They see the church triumphant. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that rocks. Um, <laughs> oh, no. But at the very, very end, he said he's, we were parting ways. And he was like, hey, see you later. And he gave me directions how to get back. And then I started walking. And he shouted at me like, no, no, actually, don't go that direction. I gave you bad directions. And I was like, okay. And so I started walking his new directions that he gave me. And I was like, had this really just incredulous look. I was like, "What the heck is going on?" And so I started walking this other way. And he's like, Michele, Michele, let let me explain." He's like, e- "Even though you you know you are you look Italian, you're you don't look Italian. Like even though you are <laughs> Italian, you're not Italian." Yeah, you know? no, yeah. And and he's like, he's like, "And I like you. I I you know this. We've spent this whole entire afternoon doing a tour of Matata Davalo. You know your namesake. And like I like uh, I like you. I was about to send you to the shortest path, which is the Muslim ghetto." but there's no mafiosos there to protect you. And so he says, you go you go this way, you hit the water, you follow the water. Anyone on a balcony that's not a woman, they're my friend.
0: Holy shit. <laughs> Why was he like, would he, would he just want to have fun with the American and just send him? No, no, no. Because
1: just... I, I asked, for, I was like, hey, what's the quickest way back to the train station? And so he gave me the quickest directions. Um... But then I started walking that way and he was like, no, oh, no, 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 no. Not no, that way. No. Yeah, yeah, so.
0: Yeah. So he sent you through like the mafiosa area where like they were all oh, his friends,
1: the more open, wide open place spaces and water and pretty, you know, nice things rather than this like alleyways, you know,
0: so or you get shanked.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't, know. I don't know. I didn't, it was all good. And it was just, I, this, my vivid memories from the trip was like him asking me if I was religious, me pulling out my rosary and him just like, just like I, you could just see the man fill with joy. Um, and like I said, so that cool. happened twice on that trip earlier. I was getting pushed out of my hostel um, I was getting kicked out of my hostel. No, no I didn't do anything bad, but I was getting—I was from I was,
0: your pers- from your perspective. Let's talk. We were just talking. Community. We were just talking about the importance of perspective. So, what's community. what's what's the landlord's perspective?
1: Um, and, and so the 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 woman, the landlady of the hostel, was like knocking on the door, and I was getting ready for the day, and she's like, Michaela, you gotta go, you gotta go," and I was like, oh, "Okay, okay." And so I, I cracked open the door, and like a flipping ninja. <laughs> this woman was through the door behind me. I had my backpack on my shoulders behind me and pushing me towards the exit. And I was just like turning trying to. I was like a turtle stuck on his back. Just being. <laughs> it was like, Oh my gosh. But as she's pushing me, I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, this is really uncomfortable. I don't like the situation. I feel bad. And as I'm being pushed, I see this giant blue and gold embroidered M massive massive sewn -sewn, Mm hand-sewn beautiful blue and gold embroidered m on the wall and so the first thing i think was catholic and so yeah so this was the first time on that trip i pulled my rosary i pulled my rosary out and i said scusa you know uh Mm -hmm. you know dove la fermata uh you know approximately mesa or like when's the next closest mass or whatever Mm -hmm. I don't know how to speak Italian, um, and so I, I, just, I don't
0: either. I just
1: try to ask, like, you know, when's what's the next, uh, like, the closest next mass? Mm-hmm. And she just like, oh, just lit up, and she was like, oh, Michele. She like grabbed my face. She was like, oh, Michele, <laughs> oh, so oh, so great. And then she gave me directions to mass, and it was great. My last day in Sicily, I got to go to, I got, to, I, got to, I got was kicked out of the hostel while simultaneously being given directions to mass, and I got to meet a mafioso. And uh and was preserved from walking through a Muslim ghetto. It was great, it was great and not shake Shank.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that now that I know that's like the thing I need to do. Like always keep a rosary in my pocket. Like for obviously important spiritual reasons, yes. right? like, Yeah. Like praying the rosary. Like, but also just be like, no, no guys, like I know I look like one of those a-hole Germans. But I'm not. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm like, come on. <laughs> <Where's Yeah. mass? laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love Vespers. <laughs> I love I really but like what Vespers are my favorite prayer. <laughs> Vespers and knives <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny that's a great story there it is but it, I mean it
1: doesn't help the, it doesn't help the the stigma I was talking about earlier, where yeah, like yeah. you're you were going on about just this I, again this this wealth of awesome characters and stories the things of this place that i i mean I like you know as my family comes from there, so like i have this I have this immense love for
0: mm-hmm. um just absent of good characters, yeah, you know? just this high political fights between these like so cool really fascinating multi-dimensional characters with their own reasons and understandings of themselves and their place and like the whole political framework it's just there's a lot of material there
1: but all people can talk about is you know uh italians and sicilians going to the u.s and causing trouble you know
0: yeah exactly like cars blowing up in the godfather Something
1: like that. Yeah. It does a disservice.
0: We should just, we should do the lamp and liquor yeah, that, uh, film I, I studio. I I actually,
1: Thomas. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. Yeah. It's a I nice thought, endeavor. Uh,
1: I actually, before, before this, before tonight, I actually did not know that your your you're, you're your area or one of the areas that you're really looking at in, in history were uh, it was Italian
0: history. I did not know that actually no 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 no, no. well it's a little bit I, more um northern Italian it. it's a little bit more northern okay. Italian per se. Um but a lot, a, the, a lot of this a lot of this a lot of here you go. a lot of the sources come from uh southern Italy that I've been I've been looking at. Um I remember we did an episode with um Father Ricchetta uh, mm-hmm. A couple of backs. Um, and he had, so he's from Piedmont, right? Uh, <laughs> which is northern Italy. It's like on the border with France. Yep. And his yep. dad was like hardcore, like Piedmont is the way, right? I don't know if he told this in his episode, um, but it was very much that like northern bias against southern Italy. And his dad was like, he's like, son, Italy ends ends at Florence. <laughs> 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 and his father, this is when he was like a kid. Father kind of asked him. He's like, well, yeah, but what about? What about Rome? And he, his dad was like, The Pope can have Rome. And then he's like, But dad, what about Naples? And his dad was like, Anyone can have Naples.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: pretty unanimous. <laughs> that's I, think that. I,
1: I, don't, I don't disagree. Well, that's actually a funny thing is like most people, like even myself, like I like, but a lot of people don't even consider Sicilians Italians. They like, Yeah like like Sicilians don't consider themselves Italians and because like with the whole unification of Italy and things like that like Sicilians throughout the entire thing were like hey we hate all of you go away
0: (laughs) just Um, leave us on our island
1: (laughs) yeah and like I mean so but it's just kind of funny like yeah you have like the northerners uh you know like that are very very kind of nose in the air Mm -hmm. um you know, they're like. In, if there was an analogy, it'd be like the TAC grads to so like the Christendom grads. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We, you had to go there. Sorry, that ar- sorry, that arrogant sorry. college. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I no, I agree I love, with you. I agree with you. Love, all love, all love. <laughs> You're my friends. I love you. You're a great place, great school, great people. It's all good. Um, but sorry. yeah, so they, you have like the Northerners that are kind of like nose in the air, and then and then like the Southerners that are. Um, I don't know. They're just they they care they care little for. They they care they care in comparison little for like this like the the the, the commercial like aim for wealth. Mm. They care more for like just to
0: be. They just want to be. Yeah. You know. They just want to. They just want to is. <laughs> this Dasein, <laughs> like Heidegger, Dasein being there. <laughs> 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 the thing. They're very Daseinish. Um, yeah, yeah no, I could see that. Actually, it's like where we should probably start the next Catholic commune somewhere <laughs> in Col- somewhere in Calabria, Apulia. <laughs> it's the beautiful. Middle there. Yeah, oh, exactly. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope. Um, let's hope COVID lets up because I I really need to. This is going to oh. sound very grad schoolish, but like and I really need to get back to back back over there. Yeah, There's I'd love brown. to. Well, yeah, if I'm over there, you should come for a visit. We should yeah. do an episode from, from Italy. That'd be fun. Oh, that'd be so fun. get Peter to come over and we're all like doing an episode in Italy. That'd be so much fun. It'd,
1: it'd be so it'd be so funny because like fun. the it would just be in a certain sense, it would just be another episode, but then in another sense, like it would be so like for, like our, our experience of doing the podcast yeah. would Italy. be radically different than the viewer or the listener's experience. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> but we'd have a lot more stories to tell because it would that's all true. be that's true, you know, fresh and exciting and stuff like yeah. that. So Anyway, well, I mean, we've been doing the Lord's work for some time now. Um, but um, yeah, think of happier days when there aren't restrictions on travel. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Wait, did, did, we, did we intro this? No, we didn't. We just did a rolling start. This is the whole episode right here. We did a rolling start. <laughs>
1: do, you want, do you want to intro now? <laughs>
0: Greetings. <laughs> Welcome to the Lamp of Liquor uh, podcast. With society's second at the Know Nothings Right About Us. And Sicily is an amazing place. <laughs> Have it a good one. Have a good Holy Week, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs)